Hey, listening friends, I'm your host and coach, Laura Malone. As an entrepreneur and leader, wife and mom, teacher and creator, I am showing up to share possibility with you and help you find vision and wisdom because you deserve to be equipped and released as the hero of your own story. Coaching really does help you change your life. And if you want to know how to guide yourself and others well, I created this podcast just for you. It's a place where you can grab tools, teachings, and ideas for both personal and spiritual growth, as well as entrepreneurship and coaching, if that's your thing. So as you listen in, I pray I can help you create a legacy of impact and really start writing the story of a life you love living. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hey, my friends. I'm chatting about the things that matter the most to me as I built my coaching practice. I guess I I would say it's the list of things I wish I had known sooner so that I could give them my focus and be more intentional about them. And I'm talking about the things that matter to you as you become a coach, as you build your coaching practice, and really figure out how you show up, when you show up, what you're doing when you show up, These are the things that I believe in. Number one, I'm just going to start with consistency. Show up for yourself, right? And for the people who don't know about you yet, the people you don't know yet, they're going to be people you serve later. So you have to be consistent about showing up now so that those people have things to access from you. If you wait and you don't, Um, let's say you don't start creating content. You don't start thinking about what you'll coach on. If you wait to do anything until you actually have 10 clients to do it for, then you are doing yourself and them a disservice. Your clients who find you want to see that you started already. They want to see that you've already been creating content and practicing and getting experience and getting better before they find you. So you actually have to be intentional about doing that. It's the build it and they will come. They are out there. And I used to actually have a post-it note on my desk that said, they are coming. (laughs) I don't know where I read it or heard it, but I actually thought, okay, I need to develop a belief system that my people are out there, even though I haven't met them yet, even though they're not in front of me yet to talk to, I have to believe they're out there. So I need to begin to really get serious about my coaching practice and building my business and doing deeper work personally and professionally and gaining as much experience in coaching as I can. Because one day when those people meet me, they don't want to be my first guinea pig. They don't want to find out I haven't really been doing anything. I've just been sitting around and waiting for them. So you actually have to get consistent about the things that you need to do. Be consistent about practicing with anybody and everybody. Be consistent about teaching yourself, learning about what you need to know to have a business, to grow as a coach, read books, buy workbooks, take courses, whatever you have to do, and then turn around and start developing knowledge 
that you have and experience into different forms of content. Now, I understand some of you are going to say, what do I need content for? What's have to do with coaching? Well, if you don't have any content, it means you're not being faithful with the knowledge that you have and turning it into something that can be consumed by anybody else. That means your clients, your audience, and anybody out there who doesn't know about you yet. If you don't create any content based on what you know and what you can do for them, then they'll never know who you are, what you do, and how you can help them. Consistency in working on your coaching practice every day, that is important. Consistency about figuring out what you know and how you want to help people, that is absolutely important. Number two is growing personally and professionally. This goes back to learning and teaching yourself, but I'm going to say you becoming more self-aware about who you are and your personality, your giftings, your strengths, your fears, your weaknesses, your walk spiritually and mentally, emotionally, and physically, your walk with the Lord. All of these things are areas that you need to be growing in, not being a stagnant pond, but being a flowing river. And that's personally, but it also includes professionally. What do you need to do so that you get yourself a streamlined understanding of what you need to do to become a great coach? Go figure it out. Listen to the podcast, take courses, work with me, find somebody else to work with, find other books to read. Doesn't matter what it is. You just need to be um, faithful in growing yourself so that you can become the best coach that you can be. Number three is finding and cultivating a unique process in your coaching practice that works for you. You're going to see everybody else doing things that make you feel like you should be doing those things, but you can't, and I've said this before, compare their middle to your beginning or even their, you know, last quarter to your halfway through your halftime. Okay. You cannot compare where somebody else is to where you are ever. Now, what I do, you know, I'm going to always say copy and contextualize, not to copyright, no, don't steal things, but copy the content, like not, sorry, not the content, the context, hear me, do not steal content. Do not copy what someone has said. I'm talking about a template and a flow. If you see the way that somebody has a process that seems to be working for them, what is it about that process that is working? Look at it and actually examine the process and say, wow, they're starting with something that's very, very simple. I thought, gosh, everybody should have known already, but these people have a great process in place And it looks like they're starting with a wider expanse of knowledge and they're zooming in throughout that that process. They go from stage one and then look how they move into stage two and then look how they move into stage three and actually examine the context, the template that they're using. Why did they put it this way? I've said it before, like if you look at my the website, or go find anybody who has a company, a business, a brand, a website, anything, even emails you get. Look at what you think works. 
what catches your attention and examine why it catches your attention, examine why you like it, and then copy the context, make it a template, and then contextualize it to what you're doing, to the people you want to serve, and what you have to share. Again, never copy, right? Uh, Don't ever copy what someone else has said. Don't steal their intellectual property because you're not going to want that to happen to you. But turn around and just examine and evaluate what it is that seems to be working as a template. Then contextualize it to what you want to do. It's a great way just to start, okay? But you're going to have to expect that even if you try using somebody else's work as a template, like a model that you have now experienced and seen, then you can start with that, but you need to expect it to shift and morph and take on the shape of you, your calling, your work, your offer, okay? So you need to eventually work into a unique process of coaching and your coaching practice and business that works for you, that speaks to who you are. But I understand the need to see a model of something so that you can replicate it to some degree, right? What is it they say? Uh, Imitation being the highest form of flattery or something like that, (laughs) where you can look at what somebody else is doing and say, like, I love the way you do that. So I'm going to see if I can take take that as a template and make it work for me somehow. This is kind of what I do all of the time. Of course, I have intellectual property and I have things that you cannot copy and steal, but I do say, think of the way that I present information, use it as a template if you like it, and change it to everything that you have to say, your story, your context, your audience. You just take the template, right? Number four would be patience and persistence. You need to know that it takes time to build a client base to gain experience, and to figure out what you coach and how you coach and who you want to coach. But this takes time. So you have to be patient, but you have to be persistent. You have to keep going. You have to keep working. You have to keep showing up. You have to keep trying. You're going to have to persevere through things. And when your mind keeps telling you, it should have happened already. I should be there by now. You're going to need to take a step back, let your spirit rise up to lead your soul and tell it to be quiet and have some patience, okay? Let that fruit of that of the spirit within you rise up called patience and maybe some self-control, <laughs> which leads me to number five, which is diligence and discipline. You just have to keep going. You need to become disciplined in many areas to be a business owner and to become a great coach. After all, think of it this way, you're going to be inviting other people to become disciplined in their own lives and to keep pressing in and pressing on. So diligence and discipline are skills that you need to develop for yourself as well. Number six is having a great attitude and a hopeful outlook that cause people to want to work with you, to want to be with you. Your outlook, your perspective is going to be made clear as other people experience you, and they're going to be attracted to your joy. They're going to be attracted to the fruit of your life and your coaching practice. If you want to do something really scary, I challenge you, (laughs) 
Ask other people in your life how they experience you. Invite them to tell you what they think and feel when they're around you from an external perspective. If they say, um, you know, you're usually pretty solemn and quiet and I don't know, maybe a little realistic about everything. What does that say to you? Is that the image and the outlook that you want to project? Because when potential clients meet you, if they experience you that way, you may or may not be the ideal coach for them. If somebody says, I don't know, you just always seem to be really grateful and kind. I, I like being around you. You, you know, make me feel happy. Okay. Well, what's that say to you? Do you want clients that feel that way about you? You know, you have to recognize that other people are going to interpret your intentions based on them, not based on you, right? We judge each other by behavior, but we judge ourselves by our intention. So when you ask other people how they experience you, it's not going to always be reflective of your intention it's going to reflect their interpretation of your behavior and your personality. So I'm not telling you to put so much stock into it and change who you are for it, but I think it's very, very valuable to find out what, how other people experience you. What, when they are with you, what do they think and feel because they are around you, right? Do they feel like they are supported that's a great quality that you want people to feel if you want to be a coach. Do they feel that you are hopeful and knowledgeable? Do they feel that you are wise and you are happy to be with them? Then those are good qualities to have other people saying that they're experiencing when they're with you. Again, it's a scary thing to do, <laughs> but be led by the Holy Spirit, right? <laughs> so the next one is doing what you're made to do. So when you step into your calling, you will shine in ways you never knew were possible. You're going to step up into a spotlight you didn't ask for or even try to turn on. And I don't mean a spotlight, a spotlight like on a stage. I mean that when you are doing what you're made to do, you will seem to glow like pregnant mama skin glows when somebody's carrying a baby. Because when you do what you're made to do, it's like you're carrying your own baby. My nonprofit is my husband's baby, so to speak. My coaching business is mine. And when we are operating in our power alleys, like that moment of convergence of what we're called to do, meeting the needs of the world around us, and our souls are like on fire for what we're doing, people notice something different about us than, you know, regular everyday grocery shopping me. And when you find that coaching is what you're made to do, you're going to find that you attract the favor of God with your hope and your belief and your expectancy, but you're also going to attract the favor of man because people will see your passion and the light in your eyes when you're doing that thing that you're called to do. Number eight is quality over quantity. The quality of the audience you build and nourish will create numbers that truly matter. 
If you just want to have 20,000 followers on social media, you're never going to have the right clients and you'll have fewer clients overall. But when you actually look to serve the right people and they are the ideal audience and clients for you, then the quantity ceases to matter. Quantity doesn't actually pay the bills. Quantity doesn't qualify. And this goes for money as well, right? If you seek to create a high quality impact and influence on the world by partnering with God, you will set, you will have and create a far deeper and wider legacy than if you look to create quantity in your bank account. Let God be your provider. Seek the kingdom above all else and all the things you need, including money, will follow. Last but not least, your desire and your commitment matter. One of the most important things in building a coaching practice is actually knowing that you desire to do this and having a full-on commitment to do what you desire to do. So this is infiltrating your paradigm. You're believing it. You believe you desire it. You believe you've decided to do it. You You believe that you've committed to it. And so you start thinking I want to do this. I can do this. I will do this. And that's going to lead to experiencing emotions like joy and hope and faith that cause you to want to take those big actions that you have to take in order to get the results you want. So when you show up because you have such a great desire to do what you're made to do, you'll have a level of commitment that is unprecedented especially in comparison to some other things in your life because you're doing them, but you don't want to be doing them. You're going to find yourself able to press through the hard things and get through hard times simply because you have such a high level of desire to succeed in serving the world around you with your calling. And you're going to be so committed that anything standing in your way doesn't actually stand a chance against you, right? So your desire and commitment are huge. Now, these things may not make sense to you right now where you're at, especially if you're just beginning, but you're later going to remember hearing them and suddenly you're going to realize how they apply to your moment, your day, your season, your situation. So to recap, number one, what matters the most as you build your coaching practice? Consistency. Number two, growing personally and professionally. Number three, pursuing a unique process. Number four, patience and persistence. Number five, diligence and discipline. Number six, a great attitude and hope. Number seven, doing what you're actually made to do. Number eight, quality over quantity. And number nine, your committed desire and decision. Okay, I hope these help your soul to know the way to grow and your spirit to know how to pray. And I just pour out blessings on you and your desire to serve the world and partner with God because all things are possible for you because you love him. So don't forget in the show notes, you can grab the link to jump into the Facebook group and connect over there and see all of the things that are going on when something is available to you. All right. Have a great day. I so appreciate you as a listener. And if you are looking for a community of like-hearted believers who love all things coaching, be sure to jump into the Christian Life Coach Collective Facebook group. 
Do you think you might be called to become a certified Sterling and Stone Life Coach? We'll learn more about the Greenhouse course where you can get trained in just 10 weeks to start building the foundation of your coaching practice. All the links you need are in the show notes. Happy story making.